This is Unqualified Parenting. If you're looking for tips on parenting, relationships, self-care, or just need someone to relate to, you've come to the right place. We may be unqualified, but our info is anything but. It's a show full of parenting failures, parenting wins, and some amazing guests. I'm Jen, a full-time bio mom and part-time stepmom. And I'm Cody, a dad who recently remarried and has full custody of his daughter. And we're here to bring you our unique perspectives from our two very different blended families. Hello, Jen. How are you? Hello. I'm surviving. I'm pretty good. How are you? Surviving. And that's... That's, yeah, that's as good that's as it is, goal. surviving. <laughs> like, like, I'm not thriving. No one's thriving right now. No. And, yeah. Are you, are you really doing okay? Yeah. So in the vein of anxiety, okay. I want to talk about ways that we can, maybe we can talk about ways that we can help our kids from feeling anxious or developing that anxiety, and then we can branch into maybe the symptoms and what to look for. And some websites to help you read more about it. I like that. Leave that in here. I'm leaving it in. This Good. is me. This is explaining. Oh shit! We're gonna we're start gonna, doing this now. We're gonna start explaining we're the podcast. Workshop on the podcast. Everyone's oh, favorite. If podcast you're still with time. us, thank God, you. God bless you. God bless you, and I hope your drive to work is nice. Tell a friend. So, I wanted to talk about kind of my experience growing up because I'm getting to a point with Aubrey where. I see her for 10 minutes a day and she's in her room on her computer playing video games or chatting. That's all I see, right? I don't mm-hmm. I don't see her very So it's hard for me to like get into this like parenting mode. So I thought we could talk about social anxiety in regards to failure. I can kind of talk about the way I was brought up cuz I was brought up with a very very big focus on failure. Cuz as a kid I grew up with one leg and a prosthetic. So learning to ride a bike mm. was very hard. Yeah, I bet. And when I was a kid, I got my first prosthetic. And I remember, man, I had to have been three. And I remember I was sitting on, I think I was sitting on a chair or the bed or something in the room. And I remember hearing my parents go, can he run? Can he ride a bike? Can he do anything? And all I remember is being told, you'll never ride a bike, which is now, if you know me, is a hilarious joke. But I was told I'd never ride a bike Mm -hmm. because at the time, people with disabilities didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. Like they just got thrown off cliffs. Yeah. (laughs) You just got 300 right (laughs) off a cliff because there was a big turn, you know, towards the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s towards more inclusive. But the, the general opinion was you just shove people with a disability in a closet and pretend, pretend they, they don't exist. Yeah. And it's not a joke. It's my actual grandparents asked my parents if they were going to put me in a home Holy after shit. I was born. Oh, not damn. my good grandparents, but my mom's <laughs> parents. And I think it was also my great grandparents because that's what you did. That's so sad. I had a cousin who was born two years before me and he had a hand deformity and that's what his parents did. Aww. So he grew up in a home and he didn't experience any life at all and ended up committing suicide. That's so sad. Right. So here I am, little kid, 
wooden leg. Should we add a trigger warning? We will at the beginning, maybe. I don't know. So, anyways, <laughs> not to make light of suicide, but that's that's what drove him to that. Yeah. Was he watched. He was rejected. He watched by his the family. whole world attitudes change, but he was locked away, and so it sucked. Sad. It yeah. sucked because you'd see him occasionally at like a family reunion, and he's just withdrawn and i'm out there running around playing kickball you know and i don't know it sucked anyways so my parents had this choice of well do we raise him disabled or do we raise him with failure as just part of the process Mm -hmm. and they went with failure they went with if he falls down he will get up on his own Mm -hmm. you know and they faced they faced a lot of scrutiny in public because I was a crazy kid. Like, I was absolutely obnoxious. I was all over the place. What do you mean was? Okay. Oh. And we'd be out in public, and of course I'd get hurt. I'd knock down or get knocked down. I'd slip and fall and cry, and people would turn around, and there's a kid with one leg crying on the floor, and the parent's going, hey, get up. Mm. Get up. Stand up. That would be a hard balance right. as a Which parent. Which I don't know if I would have the strength to do that as a parent. But it was this focus on failure that helped me develop into who I am and what I am uh-huh. today. And it it started me really quick on this journey of trial and error, which is my entire life. And if I look back at my sister and brother, they never they never developed that sense of trial and error. Mm. I don't start anything in life without understanding that I'm going to fuck this up royally <laughs> the first few times and then we'll get it right. <laughs> and in woodworking, which I've just recently started is totally true. I have to mess something up four times. Cody has a black eye. Literally. I, I was dry fitting a stool together and trying to take it apart and jam my, those loose stools will get you every jam time. My eyeball with some walnut. But, so being raised to fail like this, I remember coming home from school. I think I was in the first grade. And I had learned to ride a bike with training wheels. But the prospect of riding a two-wheeler wasn't even on my mind. How could I do that? How could I balance? I have one leg. Like, how could I, mm-hmm. right? I come home, and I see my little brother, who's three years younger than me, and my dad has removed his training wheels. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah, hell no. So I walk right inside and I tell my dad, you will take my training wheels <laughs> off right now. And he went out and he took them off and I skipped dinner that night. <laughs> and I would walk my bike to the top of the driveway, which and it wasn't a long driveway, and I would get on it and I would try to figure out where to put my foot and how to pedal and push and bounce. And I did that all night <laughs> and I didn't stop. That's awesome. Until I could ride around the block. That's and then after cool. that, it was... Oh, it was nothing. I just knew that my foot had to be back a little bit more than normal. I had to be in a little bit more than normal. And I just knew that riding my bike, my foot was going to fall off the pedal. I'd just grab my leg, plop it back on. Did and your leg ever fully like fall off while you're cruising down the road? It did the, when I worked with you. <laughs> riding my bike to work when I worked with you. That's that amazing. Did you not hear about no. that? No. All right. So it's like, it's like, Cold as hell, because of course I'm going to be like, you know what, I should really start riding my bike to work, because it's like January. So do you get like leg shrinkage when it's cold? (laughs) He's nodding. I do. So 
All right, this is this is going down a weird. Yeah, turn. like tuck two things in there. This to is make weird. It. So, my residual limb is what the professionals call it, or my stump, which is what. That's offensive is, in our non-label it's, label it's, cultures. That's what <laughs> every doctor who's ever touched me has addressed it as a stump. I call it a stump. It's a stump. Big deal. Anyways, it gains volume and loses volume throughout the day. Hmm. So if it's hot outside, kind of like with your finger and your wedding ring, mm. it'll it'll swell up a little bit, which my prosthetic doesn't flex. It's not flexible. It's hard. Yeah. It's rigid fiberglass with carbon fiber on it. It doesn't move. So when it swells, it can it can really hurt. It, mm. can, it can be really painful. Anyways, so I've got long bike tights on. I've got my backpack. I've got everything, and I'm riding, doing all great. And it's the morning, and in the morning, that's when I have the most shrinkage. <laughs> Talk to Mikkel. Um, and so putting on my leg in the morning, it's really loose. And it's more loose than normal in my leg as I'm riding down the street. And I hit a pothole and the whole thing comes off. But it's like, it's like caught in my bike tights. So... I can't even imagine what the people behind me saw. That's all I picture. But it's just, and I'm clipped into the pedal. <laughs> so my leg's still attached to the bike and I'm just dragging it through the like, street. Look at the length on that guy. Until I can stop. Just... And it was so, I had to completely take my pants down, put my leg on, pull my pants up. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Anyways, so I've had this trial and error forever. In everything I've ever done. Always trial and error. Um, and so that's a good attitude because I want to go into things and I research them because I want it to be perfect the first time, right? And then when it's not, because of course it's not, then I'm like, why are you so stupid? See, why and can't that's, you do this? So I do the same thing, but that's where I get excited. See, I'll, you know me, I'll research the shit out of something before yeah. I get into it. I have to know every. That's why I don't. Literally, that's why I don't watch sports. Because I have to know everything. I have to know all the stats and I have to know how, and it's just too much goddamn work. Mm -hmm. So I don't watch sports and I don't, big deal. But that's when I get excited. I'll do the research and I'll buy all the stuff and I'll watch hours and hours of video. Then I'll get into it and then I'll mess it up. And then that's when I get into like learning mode. Like, okay, how did I fuck this up? That's let's a go great back attitude. And look at all the instructions and let's see where, and this process usually leads me to understanding like the whole process way better than I ever would before because I fucked it up. Like a lot of my web design knowledge came from just going into like the CSS style sheet and just changing something oh, and man. going back to the website and seeing what it looks like. And you know, like that's yeah. when I get excited is when I fail and it's the corniest stupid thing, but I heard it the other day. I can't remember which TV show I watched, but someone said, Oh, you're just afraid to fail. And some guy goes, fail means first attempt in learning. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cheesy good. as shit, but that's absolutely first right. First attempt in learning. We have to fail. Yeah. So we have to fail to get there. So for me, failure is just commonplace. I'm going to fuck shit up before I make it better. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And as I get better in things, you make those mistakes less and less. And that's just kind of how you learn. So- we're all well-intentioned and we all want our kids to be happy and feel good about themselves and feel good about their accomplishments. But when kids don't 
experience what it's like to fail, they miss the opportunity to learn from the mistakes. And they kind of miss out on that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. From going through the trial, from going through the struggle. Yeah. To get there. I mean, we'd all love a pill that made us lose weight immediately. Mm-hmm. But telling people, yeah, I fucking worked out for two years straight to get like this. Yeah. The accomplishment. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but with kids, when they miss out on that chance of failure, they lose the confidence to try things. They, they lose the confidence in themselves and the confidence in their abilities to try things and take risks. And they won't courageously face their problems. It's this big, I don't know, it's a big issue. Or worse, we come in and we rescue them. Mm-hmm. They fail and we jump in. That's the first thing we do, right? Our toddler's learning to walk and they fall over and I'm going to run over and pick them up real quick. Okay, okay, all right, you're good. Dust them off, set them down gently, let them go. Mm-hmm. The kid's never going to learn to stand up. No. Because you're picking them up all the time. So according to this uh, child and adolescent psychologist, um, she says, kids who are constantly bailed out of a problem situation, kids who are constantly bailed out of problem situations will come to avoid situations where they might fail. As they grow older, that can increase anxiety and depression when they need to depend on themselves in tough situations. Mm. Tough situations we've faced with Aubrey recently. Aubrey, can you fill the car with gas? Mm-hmm. Aubrey, can you run into the gas station and buy me a Dr. Pepper? Oh, yeah. That's that's a big one with my stepdaughter. Yeah. Hey, can you go answer the door? It's the pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <gasps> what? Yeah, it's pizza guy. <laughs> but I'm not supposed to answer the door. Hey, I need you to go talk to your teacher after class. Oh, shit. Yeah. There's all this, so, there's all this anxiety because they're so afraid of failing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get out here and I've got my dad's card and that's his money. And like, what, what if, if I, I do, do it, it wrong? What if I do it wrong and it takes all of his money? I don't know how banks work. Have I- you? Okay. So one time <laughs> I was getting money out for my mom and it was, I don't know if they still do this, but it's where you put the card in. And if you put the pin wrong too many it. times, <laughs> and it was like a Sunday and we were fucked. Like that was the grocery money. And I just forgot the pin. So I'm like, was it this? Was it this? And yeah, she, it was not a good learning experience for anybody that day. (laughs) But yeah, we've got these, like all these weird situations where kind of like you said, like we experience them as adult all the time. So to us, it's just a stupid interaction, Mm -hmm. right? The person at the gas station I'm buying my sucker from, I'm not, I don't even remember what they looked like. I couldn't tell you male or female because it's so boring of an interaction for me. I just zone out. Yeah. Because it's so commonplace. But to a kid, I got to get my money out. I got to get my money ready. What if they hand me everything back at once and I can't put my money away and I got my stuff, you know, or. Did I give them enough money? Did I give them too much money? Or, hey, Aubrey, just jump in line at Costco for checkout I got to go grab two things. I'll be right back. And then they get these like giant eyes staring <laughs> oh, back shit. at you. Like, and then like people what keep do you checking mean, out and the line <laughs> keeps moving forward and she starts loading stuff on the cart. Like she's like, like loading bombs into like a daycare center. She doesn't know what she's doing and she's terrified. And then you show up and they're just like, oh my God. Thank God. And you're like, hey, next time just let the person behind you go ahead of you. Oh, I can do that? Yeah, yeah, you didn't know you could tell people, hey, go ahead, I'm waiting for my dad. Yeah, our, our recent one was uh, Steve telling my stepdaughter, uh, could just put the cart back 
and there were people in the way and she's standing there like what do I do <laughs> and it was like it was almost like she would have preferred to do the the inconvenient thing which is leave your cart in the middle of the fucking aisle rather mm -hmm. than ask someone excuse me yeah or Beep, Move, beep. please, or get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of the way. way. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, just say excuse me. But she's like motioning like, I can't speak. I don't know these words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those situations. And the problem is, is like, like, let's take the cart situation. She's the youngest in that situation. Mm -hmm. Everyone's older than her. And they're all strangers, and they're having an adult conversation. All things she's been told not Don't to interrupt. interrupt. That is a good so point. So if she interrupts them, she's going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And then she failed at putting the cart away, and she failed at being responsible and World respectful. Ended. Yeah. And so she just freezes, freezes and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. When anyone else would be like, oh, sorry, let me squeeze past you real quick and put this away. Yeah. And the people would go, oh, hey, no problem. Move out. We all know how social interactions work. Our kids do not. No. And they're new. They need to be walking. Their brains them. don't function. We've covered this in the past few episodes. Their brains don't function the way that our adults brain. No. It's like partially mush. It's like a caterpillar in there before it's a butterfly. It's all dissolved. To them, like it is like the world is gonna end yeah. if they get in trouble. Yeah. It's like the worst possible thing. So we could ask the big question should I let my kids fail? Yes, making mistakes is part of everyday life. They make us human, not failures. Um, it's a chance to learn, and they help us adapt to new and difficult situations. Um, and they they help us learn our ability, which is another thing I think is really interesting. Without failure, we don't learn our ability. Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe we're not good at that. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't go out for track and field. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. I can cross it off the list. Yeah. I, I call this the, like, the everything's numbers, right? Dating is a numbers game. Everything is numbers. And I, I always be told I was so crass when I was like, dating is a numbers game. The more yeah. people you date, the closer you're going to get to finding the person you're supposed to be with. Yeah. Because you're not going to find them if you're not out there, right? <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's a numbers game. It's it true. sounds rude, but once I cross you off the list, you cross me off the list. And we now move there's on. less people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're getting closer. Yeah. It's a numbers game. Um, I forgot what we were going to say. Anyways. In the long run, it helps it helps our kids be, be more self-confident, um, understand their abilities better, willing to engage in things that they're not sure about. So I've got five steps or strategies to kind of help your kids face failure. Number one, take a leap as a family and mm -hmm. make family or make failure. Make family <laughs> a failure. Make failure a family motto. Or something to live by. Like like with Aubrey, our motto when she was little, if you're going to be clumsy, you got to be tough. I just said this to my daughter recently, actually. Yeah. And I pointed Aubrey out. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to run down the hallway staring backwards and yeah. run into the yes. door, you got to be tough because that was pretty dumb and clumsy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so you just got to make it a family motto. So take a leap as a family. Let your kids know that risk taking is important. And share with your kids how you've made mistakes and how you kept on trying. Then you've got to reinforce this with your actions. When your kids make mistakes, don't punish them. Don't come down hard on them. Yeah. A lot of times, don't do anything and just let them just sit in that situation and see what they do. Yeah. I face this with my dog today. Okay. Dogs <laughs> do this. Kids can do this. 
with my dog, I was playing tug of war. And if the toy comes too far out of her mouth where she's just biting onto it with her front teeth, mm -hmm. she freezes. Because she knows if she lets go, <laughs> I get that toy. And so she she tries to like maneuver herself in a way where she can get that quick bite mm -hmm. to grab more of it. And I was playing with her today. And she just tackled me to get more <laughs> of a bite. So if she can figure out the solution to a problem like that, your kids will find the solution. And if they don't know what to do, they will ask you. And that's when you can help. That's when you come in and help and say, yeah. okay, try this. Or what have you tried? Or if they're super little, like Finley, and I can hear her in a room like, oh, oh, like over and over, which we've learned they're going to express their anger two ways besides mm -hmm. bottling up verbal or yep. behavioral. Yep. So I've been encouraging the, be the, the verbal a lot Lily, more. You can say four fucks. Four fucks. <laughs> Get them out. When, when risk-taking is a family value, kids will want to take on new challenges. When I was a kid, this was getting to the gas station. All right, who wants to pump the gas? I do, I do, I do. It was always a fight when we were kids mm -hmm. to like get out and pump the gas. Okay, who wants to go in, and buy, go in and buy snacks? Okay, who wants to hold the money? I do. Who wants to pay? Okay, I do. And so as kids, like we didn't see these as like, like these like, weird interactions these moments these were like oh man this is so cool i get to pretend i'm an adult this yeah. is awesome i gotta put the gas in you know with siblings it's probably much easier there was no there's no worry about that failure mm -hmm. and so by making it a family model like you you can do it in like fun ways that aren't like okay all right someone needs to change the light bulb who's on the ladder first it could be like hey you know what we should try that new roller coaster and maybe if they get in the line and they wuss out halfway through, you go, man, you made it this far. This is really good. Yeah. Right? You learn that you're not ready yet, but you're almost there. And we've made it. All right. We can totally yeah. leave the line. You're totally fine. We can do this in at school, signing up for a hard class. And even in the hard class saying, dad, this isn't for me. And you just go, okay, just do your best. Yeah. If you, if you get a D in this class, it doesn't matter. You don't like it. Like, you're okay. So make it a family model. Two, it's okay for failure to be familiar. No matter what it is, tying our shoes, um, playing sports, we're going to have hiccups along the way as we learn. Make sure your kids know to expect some failures as they try new things. Mm -hmm. um, with Aubrey, this was ice skating when she was like five. She was really worried she wasn't going to be able to do it. And I just sat her and I said, look, you're going to get hurt. You're going yeah. to fall. You're going to feel stupid. I did the exact same thing with Lily. I yeah. said, you're going to fall. Because yeah. that's what her biggest fear was. What if I, I'm like, you're you're going to. You're absolutely 100% going to fall. If you ever watch figure skating, they fall. Yeah, grown-ups fall Hockey all the players time. fall. You're yeah. going to fall. So and it's okay. I'm letting you know you, that's totally okay. Yeah. And if you have a good attitude about it, like it's funny. Yeah. Falling, falling down ice skating is hilarious. I don't care who you are. It's funny. Oh, yeah. Even if you get hurt, it's still funny. And- Going into that with her understanding that, okay, I'm going to fail, but failure is okay. My dad's going to fail too. And yeah. sure enough, I fell as well. You oh, know? yeah. Um, and it just kind of helps us. So make sure your kids know to expect some failures as they try new things and emphasize the positives of learning from those mistakes. Um, we, need, we need to allow ourselves to be beginners, mm -hmm. right? Like, like no, one, no one played Madison Square Garden without first not knowing how to make a chord on a guitar, yeah. right? They had to start. Yeah. They had to start somewhere and learn somewhere, you know? 
Michelangelo didn't paint in the Sistine Chapel on a second day. You know, he'd been doing that shit his whole life. And at some point, he was drawing stick figures, flipping the bird. <laughs> as his, that was his start. Okay. All right. So that was my, my second tip is it's okay for it to be familiar. It's okay to fill off. Um, Mikkel and I also talk about this a lot with Aubrey because, like, every time something bad has happened in our lives where we've failed or it's been a failure of situation or something, we always end up infinitely better in the future at yeah. some point. We always grow from every every step back we've had since I've been with Mikkel has brought us to that further next step. Yeah. And it's that failure that propelled us for. Mm-hmm. All right. Step three is to look at those who have risen above. Some of the most successful people in the world have started at the bottom and failed their way all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like if, I'm trying to think of good examples. Like Thomas Edison. Yeah, Thomas Edison. He had to make nine he, million light bulbs. People ask him, they're like, hey, how do you make a light bulb? He goes, I don't know how to make a light bulb, but I know 99 ways not to, or 990 <laughs> ways not to make a yeah. light bulb, you know? And one of his first light bulbs is still glowing. Really? You know that? It's in a no. fire. It's in a firehouse back east somewhere. It's got <gasps> a little so plaque. Cool. It barely puts off any light. But That's still cool. It's still going. Yeah. You know? but, but he failed a lot. But yeah, look at them. I mean, from business tycoons to sports to, I mean, literally anything. Uh, I, I totally blanked on everything. Poker Anyways. players, probably. Yeah. So when you think of these people, it, it's really hard for me to give an example because I know just how shitty a lot of people are. And even though you can look at the good side of people, like there's always a shitty side of people. <laughs> but like, like think of like Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Dude started from nothing. Yeah. Um, people give Steve Jobs as an example, but he's a shitty father. He was a horrible shitty father so i don't want to stay but like oprah winfrey right like yeah and i'm sure you'll have more you'll have more examples you'll have examples in your family of people who failed their way to the top yeah or are still failing but still learning and Mm -hmm. doing okay um share the stories with your children and kind of i say kind of bring your own experience into it if your kids know that you fail and it's okay for you to fail they'll feel it's okay as well all right Step four, run a post-game analysis of the failure. This is what I do when I told you I get excited is at that point. After I've failed is when I do my post-game analysis. We break it down, play the replays. We look at what we did that made us fail. And we develop strategies to make sure that doesn't happen again. And during this process, sometimes we can learn shortcuts either in the way of our thinking or the way of our processing the steps to do something, we learn these shortcuts and we make these pathways in our brains that are quicker and shorter. Mm-hmm. So the next time we're in those situations, it's quicker for us to pull up the solution. Yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes we see people and they're so calm and cool in these really chaotic situations. But when we look at them, maybe they came from a real chaotic background. Yeah. You know, maybe their house was not a safe house. Yeah. And these people get in a massive car accident and they're telling people to calm down. They're directing people where to go. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, they just kind of go into it. So running this post-game analysis will help create these connections of problem to solution. And in that analysis, talk about their feelings and talk about what were you worried about? Yeah. 
when you sat there and you froze, what were you worried about? Yeah. What was your biggest fear in that moment? Yeah. Why didn't you jump into action? Mm -hmm. You know, you dropped the peanut butter on the floor and you stood there and let the dog lick it up. (laughs) You know, why didn't you start cleaning it up? Oh, I, I, I didn't know what to do. It was a lot of peanut butter. I didn't know if I would throw it away or put it back in the jar. Totally valid concern. Mm-hmm. Totally valid. In the future, whatever's on the floor goes in the garbage. Whatever's in the thing stays in the thing. <laughs> so run a post-game analysis. And, That's a good idea. But don't solve the problems for them in this time. Like, like even if they fell and they didn't solve it, they didn't make a solution, right? Mm-hmm. Still go through that post-game analysis. Yeah, because then you can help them give them a solution. Yeah. And then next time. Um, Aubrey, when she was when she was probably about seven, we started doing the, okay, you're going to pay first at the store. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to come up with a plan that, okay, when you're in line, you're going to get all your money out. Mm-hmm. And then when you pay, you're going to hold your wallet open so that you can put your money right back in because she'd close it and put it away. And then she's in that situation where she's handed it everything back and she can't handle it and then step five and this is kind of for school and i'm i'm basing this off of experience support your kids by letting go Mm -hmm. in school and in life let them go it's hard this is the second end of the second term of me telling aubrey she's all alone to sink or swim (laughs) and her grades are fantastic that's awesome it took me letting go for yeah. her to realize that she had the ability to do this thing. I totally held her back. Well, she probably got relying on your reminders. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to worry about my homework. My dad will tell me and then I'll do it when he says. And and I think one of the biggest things she's learning right now is, and I, th- th- I don't know if parents aren't going to agree with me on this, but she's learning where she can relax in terms of workload and where she can't. And some parents be like, oh, you need to focus all the time and do all the time, but you can't. can't. As an adult, you have to understand that, all right, man, I've got an easy week at work this week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Boss is out of town, not much to do. I can chill. Kids need to learn that, hey, a B is a good enough grade in this class. I'm not going to worry about any more missing assignments. I'm happy with my B. That's fine. Yeah. Especially if another class you're like busting your ass. Yeah. I need to focus on this one more. I might have seven missing assignments in this one, but it's a B and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And she's learning that. And I think it's really important to learn because I don't know, kids could stretch themselves thin too quick, I think. Yeah. But so those are my, my tips. I'll go back over them to help your kids fail. So make it a family motto. It's okay to fail. It's okay for failure to be familiar, to keep failing over and over again. Look at those who have risen above run an analysis like post failure analysis Mm -hmm. and support your kids by letting go. Yeah. Yeah. There are some things where you need to run to the rescue and be there for Mm -hmm. it, but that's like 5% of all things. Yeah. But if we don't do this, our kids don't learn that failure is an option. Failure is okay. Um, Mythbusters, right? Failure is always an option, Mm -hmm. right? And they do experience in the experiments. I mean, we're talking, Thousands of dollars spent on these episodes to make this thing and it didn't work. And all the advertising money and all the money and effort and everything that went into making that episode and it didn't work. And they're just like, cool. See you next episode. It failed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But if we don't do that, our kids can develop anxiety and we can start to see this in various ways depending on what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I feel like I have to be a perfectionist and I was raised very much like, 
you don't fail. Yeah. That's not an option. That was not even remotely an option in my home. So even now, like, my post-analysis is, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you think of that earlier? <laughs> like, and, and I need to get better at not beating myself up with that stuff so that I can show my kids that, like, oh, now, you tried. And now, sometimes fine. I get to that failure point, and then I beat the shit out of something. <laughs> so like it's not always like oh yeah yeah I failed let's sit down and write a, write a little note sometimes I beat the shit out of a fishing net yeah because I failed for the third time and I'm getting sick of it yeah you know? and that's you know what we lose our cool our kids can lose their cool sometimes and that's okay and for adults to sit in that while our kids are fucking freaking out we don't like that. It is so hard for adults to just stand by and watch your kid be like. <laughs> I think it's evolutionary. I think it's, I think it's evolutionariness. I, I have this weird thing where I can't stand people's babies crying. <laughs> unless. Feed your baby. Like, 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 unless I like the kid, which is really weird. Like it's. But it's not like a, oh, could you please shut your kid up? I need some peace and quiet. It's like something in me is just like that baby. Well, it raises our blood pressure. Like it's yeah. designed to raise our blood pressure it, because we're, we're. It amps me up and I'm just like. Yeah, we have but, to help them. But I could pick up like my sister's kid and hold him crying for 30 minutes and Aww. just be totally fine. But some other people, it's like this evolutionary thing. So when we see our kids freaking out, like I think we go into like defense attack mode almost where it's like this thing needs to stop because i don't like seeing my kid unsafe yeah so i'm going to stop the thing yeah instead of your emotions are safe here yep. let's work through them um my daughter was in the shower and she said i have to poop <laughs> so i was like oh shit waffle stomp it no waffle stomp it <laughs> Let's, I'm going to run and grab your towel. So I ran and grabbed her towel and I shut off the water and said, come here. And she said, no, I don't want to poop. I want to stay in the shower. And she, she hasn't pooped in the shower for probably a year. She's three now. That's better than me. But there's been times where I walk in and I'm like, what is that? And she turns around and she's like, ew, what is that? <laughs> and I'm like, you pooped. You pooped in the shower. That's what that is. And she's like, no, I don't think so. And she clearly pooped because she didn't want to get out. So right. I'm like, it's been like a year since you've had a poop in the shower. Which, in her defense, because I've been there, the mid-shower get out and sit on the poop is like the worst. Yeah, you don't want to get it's back a, in. It's the worst poop and you're situation cold, ever. And you're wet. You're wet and you get everything wet. Pooping when you're wet is like the grossest. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's because I imagine germs travel faster in water and I'm covered in I water. I mean, COVID. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. So I shut off the water and she starts screaming and crying because she wants to be warm under the water. Never mind. She doesn't have to poop. She doesn't need to poop. It's fine. She just wants to play in the shower. Please let me play in the shower. Like screaming. And I was like, and she's shaking and I could tell she's getting cold because she's got goosebumps. As you're having a conversation you never once in your life thought you'd ever have. No, you need to get out of the shower so you can poop. Yeah, you can warm up later. Shower. So... I, I knew I was going to yell and I've been getting so much better at yelling. So I'm like, give me a second. And I step out and I was like, calm yourself down. And she's screaming in there. Man, get in the water. 
So I stepped back in and I was like, come here. You're cold and you're worrying me because you're so cold. I need to get you warm. And she's shivering in the corner. <laughs> no. So I shut off the light because I don't know what else to do at this point. Fine, and die. I'm like, come, come here. Come towards the light <laughs> because the light's on in this room. So she finally steps out. She doesn't want to be in the dark cold. And I'm trying to rub her and get her warm. And I'm like, you need to poop. And I know it's so cold and you're upset. And she's screaming at me. And I was like, you're so mad. And she's like, I am mad. And I'm like, I need you to scream all your anger out. No one else is home. Poop all your anger. <laughs> Tell her that <laughs> anger comes out as poop. And to get rid of her anger, she just needs to poop it she's out. She's going to be mad at someone. That's what poop I need is. To poop. poop is anger. <laughs> kind of is. So... So I tell her, scream, I need you to scream all your anger out. And she screamed at the top of her lungs. Like I plugged my ears because I'm holding her in a towel. So I'm like plugging my ears. And I was like, you still mad? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, scream again. And she screamed again. And I was like, okay, should we try to go poop? And she's like, no, I just want my pajamas. And I was like, okay, I guess we're not pooping. (laughs) Just go put on your, but like she, after she screamed, it was fine. Like, she was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I just want my pajamas now. I don't need to poop anymore. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's get ready for bed. Then. <laughs> and I was like, so calm after that. But leading up to that, it was like the noisiest, loudest, like, it was fucking chaos. But I let her have it. Mm-hmm. I let her work through it. And she was safe. And now she knows when she is screaming, angry, and crying, I'm safe. Yeah. And I will hug her. Yeah. And she can come to me. And you might suggest pooping. If I would have <laughs> if I would have told her, be quiet, stop crying. Yep. What does that teach her? Yeah. Sit on the toilet and go to the bathroom. Yeah. You're not gonna poop in the shower again. It teaches her your anger's not valid, your crying's not wanted. I am not fucking safe. Get away from me. Go poop. That's all I care about is you not pooping in the shower. Yeah. Don't care that you're upset. Don't care that you're crying. Don't care that you're cold. No, I taught her work through it. I'm safe. You can be hugged while you're screaming. It's totally fine. Maybe you just need to install a toilet in the shower. I mean, that would solve a lot of problems for her. I got, yeah. I, don't I mean, now that you mentioned that, that would solve all. Like, she would love that. Yeah, She'd the, probably never poop anywhere else. And that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be at the mall. Ma, I got to poop. She's like, Hang I on. can't poop unless I'm soaking wet. <laughs> Mom, you got to make me wet so I can poop. <laughs> can you spray me? <laughs> You're at the mall with a spray bottle. Spray bottle all over the stall. Squirt, squirt, squirt. <laughs> Mom, it's cold. Hang on. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Oh, Ma'am, man. Why is your daughter soaking wet? She had to poop. <laughs> Leave her alone. So I want to go through some of the symptoms when like you probably should possibly seek professional help. So, so situations not like, Hey, go out and pump the gas. And they're like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like situations where it's like, which you don't say, go do it. You walk them through it. Like, no, it's so I got this from psychom.net forward slash social anxiety how to help kids we'll link it in the show notes but i just wanted to go through the symptoms because some people might be wondering do i need to get a school counselor involved do i need to get a therapist involved both valid options like 
These are if they're going on for more than six months. So, so what would be the situations like, like not wanting to go to school? So exactly. So like, like faking an illness, like mom, I feel sick today or crying or puking or saying I'm nauseous. I feel sick or, to my or stomach. Not wanting to go to a birthday party. Or for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why do you want to go? To, I don't know. If I just it's don't. affecting their life to where it's affecting school and social interactions that they normally used to be excited about or that any normal kid would love to do. And instead they're like, I don't know if I want to go. Huge, huge red flag. Um, so if they're freezing up, they're throwing tantrums, they're clinging, they're crying. These are all symptoms that... And they're usually, uh, you're about to go into a social situation or you talk about going into social situation, which my daughters are very different with my three-year-old. I say, hey, this Saturday, we're going swimming at a birthday party. And she'll say, oh my gosh, what day is it? When is it coming? Is Can we go now? Why can't we go now? And then my other, my stepdaughter, it's better if I don't tell her until right before, which... In a lot of parenting, we say, hey, prepare them for the day, blah, blah, blah. But if they have anxiety, sometimes being like, hey, we're going swimming. I've yeah. got you. We're going. Like, sometimes that is easier if you yeah. have anxiety because you're not building it up. Yeah, because as parents, we want the buildup. We want the exciting buildup. Like, like, hey, we're going to Disneyland in a week. Let's make a countdown thing. And yeah. Let's go. If you have anxiety, that's terrorizing. Mm -hmm. If you have anxiety, that's it's borderline torture. Yeah. Because that's all you're going to think about. Am I going to be fun when I'm out, I'm there? Am I going to be okay? Like, what if there's too many people? I don't want to be around people. What if I get stuck in a line and I can't, I can't leave? Yeah. Or, or it's kind of like, I feel like sometimes it's like dogs. Cause my, my stepdaughter, even when she was younger, we'd say, Oh, the next weekend we have you, we're doing this cause it's exciting. And we want to let you know, she'd say, why did you tell me already? And she'd get like mad at us. And we're like, because it's party. Like, yeah. <laughs> because it's fucking cool. You're like, a human being. Yeah. Like it's fun. And she'd be like upset that we would tell her. And she's like, now I'm all excited and I can't go for two weeks. Yeah, why would you do this to me? Yeah, and the more I'm looking back at it, I think it was an anxiety thing. And dogs are the same way. If you're like, do you want to go for a ride? Do you want to go for a ride in the car? They can get so amped up that they'll bite you. I can't say the word mom when Mikkel is not at home <laughs> because that dog goes crazy. Starts whining, sitting by the door, like looking yeah. at me like, why? Where is she? You said mom and she's not. So we can't say the word mom. <laughs> And it goes from this cute, oh, she gets to, this isn't healthy. Yeah. And kids are the same way. Um, so the fear of anxiety is out of proportion to the actual threat. So if they're going up on stage to present something and they're like, my knees are shaking and I'm going to puke. You're like, yeah. That's pretty fucking yeah, sh valid. Should be. But <laughs> if, if you're paying for a toy and I'm standing next to you and they're like, I'm going to puke. Oh, yeah. no, that's nope. way yeah, out of proportion. That's... that's that does not match the situation. Um, so if they're completely avoided with intense feelings of fear and anxiety, if it's more than six months that these things go on, um, if they're causing clinical significant distress and social or like school, like other areas of functioning where it's like, this is a family event. Why yeah. wouldn't you want to go to this? Um, excessive clinging to familiar people, dread of social events that occur weeks in advance, 
um, tantrums when faced with anxiety provoking social situations. So like, they're like, why, why do I have to do this? Yeah. Or in little kids, it would just be crying and screaming. I, I ran into this with Mikkel. Mikkel and her brother, I, I don't think they were raised with the, the failure thing. I think they were raised with the perfectionist thing. Yeah. Cause even when Mikkel and I were dating, she would get anxiety if I was like, Hey, if I pull up real quick, can you run in and get a gallon of milk? And she'd be like, why, why do I have to go in? Why can't you go in? <laughs> well, I'm in the driver's seat. That's weird. It's easier. Why don't you just park? <laughs> so for a long while, I'd just park and I'd just go in and get it real quick mm. and come back. Because it's just that anxiety and there's no like, well, and she's slowly gotten over it. Now, now she's kind of learned after like being with me for a while that doing stuff on your own kind of kicks ass. Yeah, it's so fast and amazing. Um, so blaming others for perceived social failures. So like if my, if Lily had gone to go put away the shopping cart after Steve said, go put away the shopping cart and she got in trouble, if she would have turned to him and said, you got me in trouble. Why did you make me do that? That's, that's a big red flag that your kid might have social anxiety. If they are blushing, they have a racing heart, shaky voice, trembling, nausea, they can't speak. And again, this is all if it's going on for more than six months and it's like affecting their life. I would seek professional help. Oh, yeah. But until then, do the failure things that Cody suggested. There's also a, um, a stepladder approach. And this is from raisingchildren.net.au. Uh, I've started looking at other countries a lot more when it comes to advice even with covid even with if if you <laughs> what, what you're going to find out doing this research is how fucking backwards our entire country is uh-huh and how it's behind pissing me off like like if you look at like like denmark and sweden like when mothers give birth they're given literally everything they need to raise that baby a place for the baby to sleep probably from the government yeah they're yeah. given a kit and it includes a bed and yeah the bed oh yeah i have seen those You've kids seen lots of countries do kits. and it's just a box and the yeah. box is the bed and they're like they're like thanks for having a baby here yeah, you go here's everything you need and come back for more like come yeah. back we got more yours. the world health organization um in regards to covid they do not recommend for under five-year-olds to wear masks ever yeah in the like so so many countries and i wonder if our country if the anti-maskers would have thrown such a big fit if it was like well if they're under five they're too little they're still learning how to socialize how to mm -hmm. read faces how to talk like kids when my daughter's wearing a mask which i do make her wear a speak. mask because it's the rule she doesn't speak and i can't fucking hear her yep. there's there's a kid in her preschool that wears a mask they ignore him a lot yeah. Because they can't understand him. And then for a couple of days, he didn't wear a mask. I don't know why. Um, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, this kid's cool. We like him. And like everyone started talking to him. And it's like, it's sad because yeah. under five. And I kind of wish our country would do that. Like, they're not really getting sick. Yeah. Some of them are. Some yeah. of them are. And I'm not but, downplaying but that. But they're not getting sick is the fact that they're at home. Yeah. You know? And they're not. they're not going everywhere you know yeah. and if they go to daycare i think i think we're kind of now at the point where if that daycare group isn't changing yeah they're probably good yeah you know and i just worry about the social damage mm -hmm. being done i mean i still have my daughter wear a mask every time we go to the grocery store because it's yeah. that's the right thing to do in our culture 
but other countries aren't doing it. And I'm like, why, why aren't we following the World Health Organization guidelines? Why aren't we just following whichever country's having the best response? You would think that. Right? Like, like it should do. be, it shouldn't be a competition. It should be, okay, who figured out the best way yeah, of doing this shit? That. Okay, that's now the model. Yeah. So Anyways. back to anxiety <laughs> before we get on. A We're so fucking sick of COVID. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, so there's a stepladder approach that Australian parenting website recommends. Um, so you start with a situation and this is Cody kind of went over this with you put them in little situations that's like. We're going to have you put the cart away every time we go to the store. And I'll walk you there. And I'll say, excuse I'll me yep. a few times. And then I'll have you do it the next time. And this is actually what triggered this whole topic was I was at the swimming pool with my stepdaughter and my daughter. And we were in the little kids area. The biggest it gets is one foot eight inches deep. Like, it's a little pool with little slides. And my stepdaughter, like, my three-year-old was, like, going on yeah. everything. And their rule is, if you're over 14, um, you can be within arm's length of this child. My stepdaughter's 12, and she's like, I wish I was 14. Then I could just take her everywhere, and you wouldn't have to, and I could have fun with her. And I'm like, well, you can still have fun, have fun yeah. but... And as I saw, like, it's good to have an adult watching your child once they get into the deeper water because you look away for one second and they go under, like, it's just how she is. So anyway, um, there were some, like, probably five-foot slides, and my stepdaughter was, like, on top of me close. Like, I know they can't cling at that age, so not clinging, but, like, clinging. I could barely move. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you go down that slide? And she's like, I don't think I'm allowed. And I'm like, why? And she's like, well, there's, I don't know. I don't think I'm allowed. And I'm like, none of the signs say anything yeah. about your, like, just, I think it'd be good for you to go down the slide. And she's like, well, I don't know if I'm allowed. And I'm like, I'd like you to go down the slide. Yeah. Are you too nervous? And she, no. And I'm like, okay, then, then go, go down the slide and I'll be right here and I'll watch you. And then she went up to my three-year-old and I heard her say, do so slide. And I'm like, are you trying to recruit your three-year-old little sister to go down the slide with you so it's not so scary? And she's like, no, I just want her to like cheer me on. Like, yeah, go big sister. And like, I'm yeah, like, you don't need it. She's three. She's not going to cheer anyone. Yeah. She has a slide. She's in water. Like she doesn't give a shit about anybody or anything right now, no. except going down her slide. Um, and I said, if you're nervous, I'll, I'll walk you over there. And she's like, I just don't think I'm allowed. And I'm like, I'm the, and this is where I get triggered. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm the fucking parent. Yeah. You should trust me. I'm the adult. I'm I know what I'm it. talking about. Blame me if you get in trouble. Like, yeah. and I had to like calm myself because I could tell I was taking it personal. Has the water around you starting to like <laughs> boil <Steaming>. and steam. <laughs> so I'm like, I need you to trust me that you're allowed. And she, so, and then I saw her go to her dad and I heard him say, there's no sign. I say the exact same thing. So I'm like, okay, what would I do with Finley? So I held out my hand to my 12 year old stepdaughter and I said, come here. And I didn't do it in a, I just said, come here. And I held my hand out and she gave me a look like, you seriously? Want? And I and I held my hand and I just waited and she rolled her eyes and took my hand and I said, Steve, watch Finley. I walked up to the lifeguard and I was like, excuse me, how old do you have to be to go down those slides? And she's like, 
any age. <laughs> I was like, did you hear her? Did you look? And <laughs> you're like, did you fucking, did you hear? Exactly, because yeah. that's what I just said. <laughs> and she kind of nodded like, yeah. So I was like, so I'll walk you up to the steps. It's literally like two steps up to this slide. And the tiny, like, it's for, there was an 18 month old with his dad going like, wee. <laughs> so I walked her up and I was like, you good? I'll watch you walk down. And she like rolled her eyes, but I could tell that she was still kind of nervous yeah. and that this was good. And she went down the slide and like held her hands up. Like I did it. And I was like, that's awesome. You went down the slide. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Do you want to go again? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, can go. go again? Do, do you want it. me to hold you? And she's like, no, I don't need you to. And I was like, okay, I won't hold your hand. See, I'd do it without the hand holding. I'd do it with Aubrey. I'd just go do it myself. I don't think she would have done it if I didn't hold her hand. Yeah. See, I'd just be like, if Aubrey was like, I don't think I'm allowed. I'd be like, well, I'll do it then. <laughs> and if Watch I do this. it, then you can do it. Like, yeah. I mean, if they're going to yell at me, like, yeah, well, so yeah. I'll break the rule first. But I did it not demeaning. Yeah. I did it in a kind of teasing way, but I did it in a supportive. You, you did it in the way that a friend would. You did it in a yeah. way that a friend scared to go on a ride. Yeah. I kind of gave you a little bit of like, shit. I'm going to make you feel a little stupid because this is kind of dumb. But I'll go with you. But I got and your back. we'll ask the, the grown-up, the 16 yeah. lifeguard. <laughs> but I got your back. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're going and through. And I asked, mind. are you turn, too nervous? Like, Because if she would have said yes, I would have gone with her at that yeah. point. But if you're going to say no, I'll yeah. walk you there. So anyway, stepladder approach. Uh, some parents would have been, go down the fucking slide. Yeah. What they would have remembered from that. You either go down that, the side or you go sit on the side till we're done. Yeah, which I did point out, you're kind of just being my shadow if you don't want to swim, you could. We could go home. You could be my shadow yes. there. Like you I did. You could help me do laundry. <laughs> yeah. I could use an extra. Like we could not have gone through the rig rigmarole of getting in swimsuits and paying for this and driving here. I'm all wet now. I can't poop. <laughs> yeah. Or I can poop better. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then you move on to another situation that's a little bit more anxious. You do that a few times. Practice is important. A lot of parents don't have the patience for this. And as we learned from the Gary Chapman book, if you just push them into it, they're just going to remember you pushing, pushing them, them, the fear yep. in that situation. The, the, and it's just going to make it worse. Yeah. You have to help them through it and do step-by-step step up the stepladder approach, more and more challenging hold their hand, work with them together, um, give them praise. You can use rewards for incentives. I know some parents are against rewards. I'm all for them in situations like this. Um, and well, I, I think if you set these situations up to be rewarding on their own, yeah, you know, the, Hey, can I get, can I get a treat? Yeah, you can. If you go pay for it, mm -hmm. that's your reward. You can buy anything you want with you, your money. You go pay for it. I'll even give you the money. You just have to yeah. go pay for it. Yeah. That's a good one. There's Here's your the money. There you go. Yeah. You could get any treat you want. Yeah. It's your reward. Yep. Um, and like Cody mentioned, talking together after each step, how it went and what, what they could do next time. And it can be literally as simple as this. How'd it go? Good. Was it scary at all? A little bit. Okay. But everything went well? Yeah. Okay, good. So you know yeah. for next time. And, and each kid's different. They're going to respond differently. You know your kid. Help them in the way. Like my daughter, I don't know why, but when you tell her to say sorry to someone, she freezes. She, Her little three-year-old big eyes and rosy cheeks, she just stares at you like, 
no speak English. Like what? I don't know how to say that word. Like she will not say it. And I used to get mad because I'm like, just say, use your mouth. You can say words. But I recognize this is an anxiety thing. Like, sh- I don't know why she well, freezes. Well, she might be thinking that like an apology is a huge deal. Like, like was I really that wrong? Yeah, like, did, did I, I do really? something bad? Yeah. Like, how, I don't even understand what I did wrong. So how can I apologize? Yeah, could be. Or she's just so ashamed. So sign up. Sorry. All, all that is is you make a fist. Put it against your chest and you do it in a circle. Yeah. Sorry. Just sign it or give a hug. Yeah. There's three options. You either say it, you give a hug to let them know you're sorry, or you can sign it to them. Yeah. Usually she signs it. And that's cool. fine. Yeah. Thank you. It's nice. Yeah. We've got some we got some stuff we're gonna put down in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Some links I will for you. These. I'll put my five tips in the show notes as well. Um and yeah, I mean, it's never too late to start working on these situations. It's never too early. And it's also, it's okay to like, I know this is really bad, but like if Aubrey goes, like we'll go to the gas station together and I'll check out and she'll check out. Mm-hmm. And like, how'd it go? I don't know. The guy was really weird. He wouldn't talk to me. Oh yeah, yeah. That guy is totally weird. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you're like, like, yeah, this is the world. Yeah. yeah. Some people are weird. And it's okay to be like, wow, that guy was weird. He didn't say like a single thing to me. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. thing. That's one of the things you're going to experience in yeah. the world. Or you're going to experience fucking creepers. Yeah. And that's when you learn to just walk away. And you can be rude in this so- those situations. Yeah. How did it You go? can be rude. It went okay, but the guy made a weird comment. He said I was, I was really cute, but I'm a kid. Okay, which one? I beat the shit out of him and we move <laughs> on. But like, it's it's good for them to understand that like the world is full of these characters and we don't know what people are going through and so it's okay to go into a a situation with this anxiety and come out with this like new anxiety of like man that didn't go well and that was really hard and that guy was really mean yeah and you know that's it's okay that's a failure and we learn from it move on yes all right we'll put all the links in the show notes yep i don't i don't think we're gonna do a best worst what's next because this episode's already long so this episode was the best the worst and what's next is another episode. Ding. Oh, that was bad. Anyways, <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send them to us at hello unqualifiedparenting.com. Um, like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. And tell a friend. Word of mouth is like so huge for us. Yeah. So if you like us, tell tell friends, your friend. families, um, friends considering having kids. This ones is- that aren't easily offended. We, we've been told that our podcast is the number fourth, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? Peru? Number fourth pregnancy stopper in the world. Birth our control? Podcast. Birth control. That's what it is. <laughs> number one birth control in the world is our podcast. Anyways. You have survived another fortnight of parenting. Unqualified Parenting is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Jennifer Jones and Cody Reese, with special thanks to our families and listeners for making each episode possible.